This is my shout out to Ursula Vernon, aka T. Kingfisher, for not even like releasing the name of a book or that it was coming out <laughs> until it was only like two weeks away. Because now she released the name and that the book is coming out and the release date is like next week. And I really appreciate that. <laughs> That's delightful. I don't have to wait at all. Wow. <laughs> What a fun surprise. And it's the fourth book in the series. I need to read the third one ASAP. I need to finish A the A second. <laughs> <laughs> You're so close to Sam. I'm an embarrassment to myself. <laughs> I've been reading it for like a month and a half. Spoilers for the end of the episode. Oh. oh. I wasn't even going to mention <laughs> didn't hear it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm too embarrassed. It's been too long. Just, I'm just not mentioning it. I roasted you. Inadvertently. Yeah. <laughs> well. That was it. That's all I had to say about that. <laughs> I wanted to make fun of Sophie for almost getting rabies. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> maybe I'll save that for another time. Wow. Yeah, maybe wait until I haven't died from it yet. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am one of your hosts, Sophie, and today I am 2% rabies. No. <laughs> I am... I don't have rabies. Maybe. <laughs> right now, I'm pretty sure I don't have rabies. 2% um, rabies vaccine. I am easily 2% rabies vaccine. The first day I got seven shots. <laughs> it was so much. <laughs> so much. It's so much. <laughs> and uh, what kind of animal made you get the rabies? Like John? the cutest puppy I've ever seen. <laughs> but it was a stray. <laughs> so I had to go get rabies shots. It didn't uh. like attack me. Let me be clear. I was playing with this puppy, and then it very, ever so slightly, scraped a tooth along my skin. <laughs> In a way that drew blood. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not 2% rabies today. I'm like 10% rabies vaccine, and then also 2%, I forget, I've lost the, I've lost the plot now. I'm 2% a bird with a superpower. <laughs> yeah. And the bird, of which I am 2%. And the associated superpower. Yeah. Is a midlight knife gull. Wow. Ooh. I guess so. This superpower is I do this podcast. <laughs> yeah, which is a pretty good accomplishment if you're a bird. That's fair. I, well, okay. So, based on the premise of the show, uh huh. Does this mean I am a bird, a knife gull specifically, <laughs> that <laughs> chooses. Gull? Chooses to read Twilight and Midnight Sun at the same time. <laughs> I, th I think you are. You're yeah. a knife gull that reads YA from 2005. Along with that Along same with... YA rewritten. <laughs> and 2020. 20, yeah. Whatever year it was. I think it was 2020. I think it was 2020, unfortunately. We were all at home very much. Yeah, that was last year, right? I think so. <laughs> I'm... 
I'm two percent knife gull. Um, <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> That's stressful. A gull is the bird, arguably, that I would be the most afraid of with a knife. It's also, I feel, the most likely to have a knife. Also that. No, I feel like corvids would be more likely to have a knife. Oh, yeah. Or like a parrot. Yeah. Like someone's, not really domestic, someone's tamed parrot in their house just carrying around a knife. Yeah. That's also fair. Anyway, that's me. Who and what are you guys? My name is Sam, and today I am 2% mixed with a virtual island stork. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's fun. All right, so are you an NFT? No. Oh. Do those still exist? I think they exist, but not just like, like in as a- JPEGs? Yeah, just as like JPEGs. <laughs> I think a lot of people got screwed over from them. Like a like yeah, a no lot, shit. yeah. Like a lot, like a lot. Who could possibly have predicted that that was going to happen? Yeah, really. Um, Did you guys see that Twitter thread where somebody was like, "Here's my NFT, it's mine alone," and then somebody commented, "Gosh, I would love that on a T-shirt," and then like 400 bots made T-shirts of it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, that's not what Sam is. <laughs> no, but it does conjure an NFT image in my brain. It really does. An island gull. Uh, no, not a gull. No, a stork. Stork. I'm the gull. Stork. Wasn't there a Disney movie with a stork in it? Uh, probably. I don't know oh. if they're scary in real life. Yeah. I'm thinking of when Robin Hood the fox dressed up as a stork. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that checks. So yeah. you're that, but in like a Hawaiian shirt. 100%. Yeah. That makes that sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm, for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. But also virtual. Uh, yeah. Like Tron. <laughs> That's my superpower. My superpower is that I can be virtual. <laughs> wow. You can go on the interweb. Yeah. The, the net. I'm a Digimon. Yeah. I love Digimon. Digital monster. Yeah. Digimon are the champions. I don't know why the word virtual, like on its own, makes me think of like 70s version of virtual, like not oh. actual virtual. I'm just like, yeah, like surfing the web. <laughs> mm, so here's an example of somebody who does not work in an office in the 2020s. <laughs> uh-huh. Virtual is just like a nothing word to me now. I hear it so often. That's fair. Yeah, I'm the same. Maybe it's because anything that I use the word virtual with is always shortened to an acronym. Like, it's always like, oh, I'm on the VPN. <laughs> Could be. Anyway. Sam's 2% V-I-S. <laughs> 2% Viz. Viz. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, who's the last okay, one? Okay, that's fine. I'm also yeah. here. I'm Hannah. And today I am 2% recombined with a painting chocolate heron. Oh, oh you um, and Sam hang out? <laughs> Yeah. Her- yeah, heron and a gull. No, why do I keep saying gull? Stork. You're the gull. I'm dork. Dork. I said stork. Okay. Stork. Was that what you were? Stork. I've already forgotten. There was a stork. I was a stork. Okay, good. We're all we're all like water birds today. Yeah. Right? Because stork are storks water birds? They like wade, right? If you think about it, isn't a heron just a knife gull? <laughs> I think a heron is a knife gull combined with a stork, which is yeah. why it's so tall. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, what was the first part? Painting? That's nice. <laughs> yeah, my superpower is painting, which is probably because I guess birds don't have hands. So if they can paint, that's pretty cool. 
And also, uh, I am or have or look like chocolate. Wow. <laughs> All of the above, maybe, would be good. If you could produce your own chocolate. Oh, I would love to have some chocolate. And not like... Not the beans, but you produce, like, actual milk chocolate. Hell yeah. Wow, you're like a chocolate fountain. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, dreams. Wow, amazing. Yuck. <laughs> That's all I've ever wanted. But I think we established this previously. Birds are, cocoa is, cocoa? Was it cocoa? Chocolate is toxic chocolate? to birds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. But not bird kids. <laughs> yeah, luckily it's only 2%. Yeah. Speaking of bird kids. <laughs> How's Nailed that for it. a segue? <laughs> so good. 10 out of 10. No notes. 10 out of 10. Especially because I drew attention to it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what makes it good. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of bird kids, the reason we're doing that is because we read more of Maximum Ride, the angel experiment. And as always, we read four chapters. So how about you guys tell us what happened in them? Well, our next adventure begins with the flock continuing their flee from the New York police, which then takes them to St. Patrick's Cathedral. Though hesitant at first, they all decide to enter the church in hopes of some sanctuary. Inside the church, Angel insists they should all pray, and so the kids line up in a pew and send some prayers to God. They think. They think it's God. <laughs> Nudge wants her real parents that love her. Iggy wants to be able to see and kick Jeb's butt, and Gaspin wants to be big and strong, and Max prays for Angel to have help with the loss of Celeste and be a better leader and to be braver and to be stronger and smarter. So yeah. Amen. I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite hymn to sing yeah. at church. <laughs> My favorite Daft Punk hymn. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, well, in chapter 99, Max's brain pain makes its return, but it's not as wicked bad this time, at least. Yeah. She sees visions of architectural drawings, blueprints, subway maps, DNA, newspaper clippings, postcards, a string of numbers, and a tall greenish building with the address 31st Street. She tells the flock, who are torn about wanting the answers they may find at the Institute and wanting to be as far away from anything associated with the school as possible. Also, then the voice pops up just to be a little bitch. Then they spend chapter 100 trying to find out the password to the mysterious ATM card with Max's name on it. They try everything they can think of, including their names and ages, the word password, and Mafinga, which is the first letter of all of their names in order. Yeah. Then Angel says that they should try the word mother because it, quote, just came to her. It was just in her head. Which, of course, works for some reason, and the flock is $200 richer and two times more concerned about the Angel experiments. Wow, you said it. I said the thing. You said the thing <laughs> that the book is called. I'm really proud of myself. Incredible. So some some stuff happens. So so that's that's what happened. Yeah, none of it is biology related. <laughs> yeah, and we got to chapter 100, which is we exciting. Did. <laughs> yeah, we still have a full third of this book to go, yeah. but you know. Why? <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Has anything even happened? No. Because the chapters are eight sentences long, that's why. Uh, they're so short. <laughs> Terrible. So, uh -huh. you know how sometimes I do the thing where, like, I read, like, three words of our first chapter, and then I'm like, huh, I wonder about this thing, and then I go on a very long tangent. <laughs> yeah. 
This time I don't even have like a word to target, but <laughs> I wanted to look up because so the very first chapter is when they're like, oh my God, a church, let's go in. And then Fang is like, church is sanctuary. And I was mm-hmm. like, how religious is James Patterson? <laughs> Probably quite. Oh. Yeah. So I decided to just do like a, a sweep of James Patterson again, because <laughs> I just wanted to know a little bit more about how much more church stuff we can expect. <laughs> uh-huh. So here's a fun fact. James Patterson got his bachelor's degree from a place called Manhattan College, which is in New York. Oh. <laughs> I know that's surprising. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Manhattan, huh? Yeah. It used to be in Manhattan, but it's not anymore, but it's still called oh. Manhattan College. Oh. But the Manhattan College is a private Catholic liberal arts university. Ah. There it is. And an extremely fun fact about it is that... Well, first of all, everyone be super adult. James Patterson graduated in 69. (laughs) Okay, you tell me to be an adult about it. I'm going to be anything but an adult about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was so primed for that answer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he does have a scholarship at this college called James Patterson 69. Oh. No. Okay, that is... Are you serious? I'm not even kidding. That's too much. It's too much. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. Do you think he knows? He, I'm sure 69ing was invented in 69. That's why I got that name. Imagine having that on your resume. (laughs) I just won the James 69 award. (laughs) You go down to your awards and accomplishments and it just says recipient of the James Patterson 69. No. Oh, that's so bad. Anyway, the other fun fact is that if James Patterson graduated in 69, uh-huh. that was before the school let women attend. Oh my god, that yeah. also makes sense somehow. Yeah, so he didn't go to university with women, because that wasn't allowed mm-hmm. until yeah. 1973. Yeah, that makes sense if it's a Catholic institution. There's not much. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, I actually looked up the Manhattan College and without reading any news articles and only reading their website, therefore getting uh-huh. a very biased view of it. It actually seems like kind of an okay place uh-huh. because they are a Lasallian Catholic school, which is St. John. I'm saying words that I hope someone will understand because I don't know what any of this means, but it is St. Jean Baptiste, which I only know from the holiday oh. in Quebec. You don't but know John the Baptist? John the Saint ba- John Baptist de La Salle, patron saint of teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh <laughs> ever this is sure. common knowledge surely to everybody who all uh, surely everybody did 12 years of Catholic school education, right? Yeah. Everyone knows this. That's why I'm saying it cuz I know it for sure. Um but I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and their uh calendar of events is pretty much just worship times. Um, yeah. but they also have, yeah, so they have like a bajillion Catholic prayers and masses and stuff going on, but they also every Friday have the Juma prayer, okay. which is a Muslim prayer, I believe. Oh, I'm reading nice. off of their website and that's just what it says. So if that is not the correct phrasing for that, <laughs> I don't yeah. know it. 
but it is held in what apparently is a non-denominational prayer space that is open for whatever. And then they also hold a bunch of Jewish, they like hold a bunch of Jewish services and then also respect all of the holidays, the major holidays of several different religions. So pretty cool, even though like in a given week, there are about 12 Christian worship events and one Muslim one. But, you know... (laughs) Better than others. Are they specific? Are they like different denominations of Christianity, maybe? Because there's like so many of those. I don't know how to tell that. Yeah, that's like fair. it. It just says the celebration of mass, weekday mass celebration, Manhattan oh. College ministry mass. I could be incorrect. I think mass might be exclusively Catholic and service is the other Christians, but I could be incorrect on that one. Okay. Well, it seems, based on my very casual look, that they all try for some stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate that. That's more than a lot of other Catholic institutions do. Yeah. There's also a lot of talk about, like, wow, we encourage students to explore and deepen their spirituality during college, which is a time of transition and self-examination. I'm like, so you're trying to just get people to, like, not leave Catholicism? (laughs) I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's where James Patterson went. <laughs> the, no, that makes sense. Because in the second chapter we read today, which is when they're in the cathedral and like being very religiously, it did feel very, I guess, like accurate to my experience of being in like Catholic religious spaces in a very positive way. Like I have a lot of negative feelings about <laughs> the Catholic Church as an institution. But, like, the churches themselves, I find typically to be, like, very, like, peaceful and calming places, similar to the way that, like, Max describes feeling in this church. I assume mine is because I grew up with a Catholic background, so, like, I have that trained association. I don't really know why Max and the Bird Kids would have that association when, like, they very clearly never prayed before in their lives and, like, don't really know very much about religion. Unless this is trying to be like, ooh, yes, the Holy Spirit was in the church among the bird kids, which raises a whole host of other questions. Yeah. But like as a person who grew up Catholic, I did find this chapter like kind of, I, I don't know, I found it nice. This is very interesting because I was reading it being like, wow, this feels very much like somebody who was Catholic because I don't have any of these feelings going into a church. None. I feel very uncomfortable. I do too. Like, you know how during like daylight you don't believe in ghosts, but then at 3 a.m. you're like, I'm about (laughs) to get murdered by ghosts. Yeah, for sure. I am an atheist, except I when I walk into a church and I'm like, God is going to smite me for me being a (laughs) non-believer. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think of myself mostly as, like, an agnostic Catholic at this point, Mm -hmm. but I definitely believe in God more when I'm at church, that's for sure. The vibe. Until I hear about, like, the sermon, and then I'm like, that's usually a load of nonsense, so I don't know about this. The music is pretty good. I love religious music. (laughs) Well, like, when there's an organ and a choir, God, I love a choir. Yeah. Yeah. Organ is so good. (laughs) Bunch of people singing. When you go to, like, Christmas mask, and they do... Christmas songs with the organ and the choir. Like, that's the good yeah. shit. Uh, I don't think God would approve of me calling it the good shit. But do, <laughs> do, do churches, if they don't have the organ going at the same time, is it just like a church a cappella group? 
Do they ever do that? It really depends on like the church and most of the time the people who like are engaging in those activities are volunteers from the congregation. Yeah. Um so if you don't have somebody in your church who is able to like lead a choir or sing or like play the piano or play the organ, then you usually just don't have those things. Sometimes the priests sing, sometimes the priests don't sing. But yeah, it's very dependent on the means of that specific church. Interesting. Like, no singing in mass is pretty normal, as well as lots of singing Why during mass. I don't want to go to that. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, this chapel, nope, cathedral they go to is actually a real place, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. It's allegedly one of like the most grand cathedrals in like north america it was designed specifically to be the most impressive cathedral in america when it was built um it's like really beautiful building i feel yeah, like i feel like, I like even it. though i heard saint patrick's cathedral and didn't that didn't register anything i like looked up a picture of it and i was like oh i've i've seen this picture i i'm assuming i've seen it in person too because i've been to new york but i'm like i feel like people know what this church looks like <laughs> Yeah, like if you picture like an ornate, like gothic style cathedral, you you got it. <laughs> With two pointy horns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Normal. Yeah, and like this is the new one, which oh. uh, is almost 150 years old. There was an old St. Patrick's Cathedral nearby before that, but it was decommissioned and then burned down. And this is the new one. It's really pretty. I kind of want to go it's look at it. very pretty. I, but, this you know. looks a lot like, I was just in Winnipeg uh-huh. exploring around and the facade of this, like the front, looks a lot like the cathedral, the St. Bonifat's cath- Cathedral in Winnipeg, which was devastated by a fire. Oh. So pretty much only the front facade, like if it's got like the front of the two towers, the main front. Yeah. And then, like, part of the side, like, probably just, like, a window's worth of the side, and then the rest has all been destroyed. But they've left up the facade, and then they've made a new church behind it. Oh, the, cool. But the fa- So it's really cool, yeah. Like, you walk through this old facade, and then there's, like, a new, like, modern-looking church beyond it, I assume with, like, the history and stuff in it. But yeah. much like St. Patrick's Cathedral, which has this massive circular stained glass window. Mm-hmm in the front center kind of thing this one had that too but obviously all the windows have been like broken and gone oh so this building just has a giant empty circle in the middle of it oh that's and off-putting <laughs> yeah and so but as we were walking up to it myself and my lab mate who was traveling with me we were like wow this is beautiful oh my god like incredible wow that is a giant hole and my lab mate <laughs> next to me is just like it's the holiest building I've ever seen. Oh my god. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. It classic. was so good. <laughs> yeah, I support that. That's great. Uh, so I'm just saying, I am a big fan of these church facades that have big circular windows in them. Because one day. Yeah. <laughs> one, one day. One day. Listen, they're, they're holy when they're whole, and they're also holy when they are no longer whole. <laughs> when they are in, in whole? No. What's the unwhole? Anyway, huh? you've lost <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, no, keep going. <laughs> Churches. <laughs> Churches. The buildings are nice. The institution is questionable. Yeah. Unfortunately. Did you read about 
the protest. I did not. At St. Patrick's Cathedral. This is still nope. not like super relevant to the <laughs> anything else. But as Hannah said, there's not a lot of biology to talk about. Yeah. I did just want to say St. Patrick's Cathedral was the place was a place where there was a big protest staged, arguably one of the first that actually disrupted church services oh. in the 80s. Yes. December 10th, 1989, which was organized by the AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power because the Cardinal at the time was like basically like convinced it was when the church still had like a lot of power over law. Oh. And so yeah. it the Cardinal basically like restricted safe sex teaching in public schools and God. opposed distributing condoms to curb the spread of AIDS and right. was also opposing the legal right to abortion so there was yeah. a big classic <laughs> yeah so there was a big protest where people actually entered the church which is like one of the only times wow yeah. that has kind of happened i guess huh. because it's supposed to be like i don't know elite illegal or just like generally <laughs> frowned upon yeah like this church is like open to the public and like open to tourism and stuff yeah. I think it's frowned upon to enter church during mass, but yeah. And people sort of think this protest was like one of the pivotal moments in huh. like addressing the oh. AIDS epidemic. I didn't know well, that's that. That's good. Yeah. Weirdly, that's uh that story is not on the history and heritage page for St. Patrick's Cathedral. Weird. <laughs> so shocked. Funny. I'm so shocked. <laughs> yeah, what a surprise. No, that's cool though. Yeah. I sorry, maybe you can talk maybe you could mention this or talk about this, Hannah, but like one of their one of the things about it, the protest was called Stop the Church. Um <laughs> and people made a big deal about and in the in this article it says the protest and especially the desecration of the Eucharist. Is that how you say it? Oh shit. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's a big deal. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, but the I was like, oh my god, like, were they, like, vandalizing? Did they break something? Because I didn't know what the Eucharist was oh. or what a desecration of the Eucharist is. And it's like, a guy took one of the communion wafers and crumbled it in his hand. Ooh. Yeah. It's the body of Christ, I guess. So, I, uh, yeah, yeah. So, part of the, like, symbology, I guess, I'm, they wouldn't like me calling it that of catholic mass is that when the eucharist is like consecrated it becomes the body of christ so oh. it's not like it's not considered to be like a representation it's like this is like the thing Actually, that is bringing christ into you and you eat it yeah I don't yeah know why. but like to treat it with disrespect is like really uh, is even even to me i'm like that i don't like that <laughs> that okay that's mean okay no that that's fair then i uh, yeah yeah i mean no, like that from a religious perspective, that's a pretty bad thing to do. Yeah. I can see why from a non-religious perspective, it doesn't seem like any deal in the slightest because it's just like a nasty little piece of cardboard bread. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, from a religious perspective, that hits pretty hard. Yeah. And I mean, it was 200 gay men coming in who have probably lost everyone they know to AIDS. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also listening to a guy. <laughs> yeah. If they were Catholic before people found out they were gay, then yeah. they were probably excluded from this, like that whole space and institution anyway. So like you can't 
exclude someone and then expect them to treat you with respect. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, that's unrelated unless they receive communion in the next chapter, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, they don't. They leave the church without. Oh, yeah. I mean, they pray for a long time and then they just leave. Yeah. Although Max does want to sleep in the rafters. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> yeah, honestly, valid. And just in case anyone had any uncertainty about whether or not cops can go in churches, they fully can. Oh, yeah. okay. A lot of cops like are religious too, at least in like. North well, like America. I think it's more like in uniform or something. Yeah, but like I don't know. I, but apparently, it is a common misconception that like if you enter oh, really? a church, yeah, like. I guess it's like a thing a lot of people believed. I don't know. I just had to look it up because huh. I was like, why is this even mentioned? Like, I didn't even think this was a thing. But like, it's just some common misconception that a lot of people have that like, if you're running from the law, the church is a sanctuary and like, you can't be arrested or something is like this myth oh, that like spread through people. But oh. no, like they fully can go in and arrest you. They just do it in a more respectful way. I mean, given the circumstances of the situation. So it's like, yeah. if you're escaping, like, I don't know, tax fraud or something, and <laughs> you're, like, sitting in a church, yeah. and you're just kind of being like, I'm hiding from the cops, they'll, like, come in and, like, peacefully, like, be like, hey, you got to come with us, dude. So, yeah. Oh, I feel like that is in at least one Dan Brown or I oh think it God. is too. Yeah. I bet what <laughs> happened is this was something in a James Patterson book and then he heard about yeah. it for oh like a hundred years. And so he put it in this book being like, I get it. Okay. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was so weird because it's like, no, it's not something I ever thought about. And then when I Googled it, I guess it's like a common thing that people actually thought is that, yeah, if you're running from the law, just run into a church and the police can't follow you. That is not true. Like, if you are running from the cops, the church will not save you. The church will not save you unless you do like Max does and confuse them by going out a different door. Yeah, yeah exactly. For sure. <laughs> I think we maybe got this to this concept through two different methods because okay. Max says like hundreds of years ago. And so I was like, was that true that cops weren't allowed in like hundreds of years ago? I didn't go that far because yeah. I was like, and I, I didn't look I up the recent. <laughs> so yeah, this works like, out I feel really like well. That, yeah, that could have. I was like, that could have gone down that rabbit hole, but I was like, I don't know. I feel like it depends on the society, and there might have yeah. been a lot of things that went into that. And the concept of police and law enforcement itself is not so modern recent. per se, yeah. but, but like pretty. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's a modern association i guess like you, you always mm -hmm. had some sort of quote-unquote law enforcement but it's developed into something so different today to what it would be in history that i mm -hmm. don't think the comparison is fair and a lot of the time in history too again 100 years isn't a lot but like law enforcement was directly from the church so yeah true yeah I don't know. That's just like, I just didn't want to go down that rabbit hole. It was too much for me. And I was like, listen, it's not illegal. It's never, or sorry, it's not illegal for a cop to enter a church. It's never been illegal. I don't know where that came from. 
Yeah. This is, I feel like, really telling about both of us that you looked up, like, the actually useful functional information right now. And I was like, wow, what if I learn about, like, 600 BC? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I knew you were going to do that. See? (laughs) But it's so different. Like, anyways, you you say what you found. What did you find? No, this is... Sorry, were you going to say something, Hannah? I think yours is going to be more relevant. Mine! (laughs) Yeah? No. (laughs) I Well, I... Okay, I was just going to say that, like, back in the day, whenever the day was, like, the church used to have way more power than it does now. Um, Yeah. So it makes sense to me that even if there was no actual law, there was probably, like, or I I would believe that there was a very strong social taboo against performing, like, law enforcement or guard, city guard (laughs) figures in a church. Yeah, um, I think city guard is a fantasy concept. Yeah, that's not, I don't know if that's a real life thing. But like, I can see how people would get that misconception based on like the history of churches as an institution. But it sounds like Sophie might have yeah. actually looked it up and have more than speculation about it, Sophie. I do have more than speculation, slightly. Wow. Don't worry. <laughs> I won't say all of it. But what's interesting is that it seems like the idea so i think now the more formal term that is used is right of asylum Mm. so like that's the concept where like a human being has a right to asylum right now it's most commonly like from country to country something the universal declaration of human rights states that everyone has the right to seek and enjoy in other countries asylum for persecution but Mm -hmm. this probably came from as well as the conception that police can't go into churches probably came from like the historical idea of yeah sanctuary where in the medieval times king (laughs) ethelbert of kent wow what a guy sorry i was wrong 600 a.d my mistake oh geez enacted sanctuary laws which basically means that somebody could go into a church and have sanctuary from crime. <laughs> huh. But there were a bunch of, like, kind of rules about it. Like, some churches had, like, a whole area around them that was sanctuary. And, like, legitimately, this article is, like, sometimes it was just who could run faster. The, like, <laughs> the law or the criminal. Like, because they would just race well. to get to the church. And sometimes they would have to run to touch the altar or they would run to have to sit in this specific chair or like... Capture the flag. Yeah. It's just tag. But for crimes. My favorite is on the Wikipedia page was it says, thus it could become a race between the felon and the medieval law officers to the nearest sanctuary boundary. Serving of justice upon the fleet of foot could prove a difficult proposition. (laughs) So if you were just fast enough. You could just get out of it. It's Um, like how now if there's like a fine on something, all that means is that poor people aren't allowed to do it. Yeah. Except back in the day, it's like if you're slow, you can't do crime. You can't do crime. (laughs) But if you're fast, oh well. Yeah. Yeah, but basically there was like a time limit. So you could only stay in asylum for 40 days or something. And then you had to stand trial or confess your guilt and go into exile, essentially. Wow. 40 days kind of seems like a long time. Yeah. But that's very Jesus-y of them to pick 40. 
Yeah, I think the reason it was so popular is because if they chose to go into exile, right? Like if they were guilty, yeah. and they were just like, yeah. I'd rather go into exile. Everything they owned went to the church. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. And the land. The church was like, yeah, I know yeah. you could do that for sure. Yeah, pretty wild. <laughs> Apparently, if they were going into exile, they would leave all of their worldly goods behind them, including... Based on this description, their shoes and their hats. <laughs> Whoa. Because it just says barefooted and bareheaded. <laughs> um, and back in the day, it was like a really big deal. <laughs> it was to a big wear deal a hat. Not, to not have a hat. Uh, I like, I've heard about this on like the dollop and like other history podcasts, just like about people being obsessed with hats. And no yeah. matter how many times I like learn about hat culture i don't get it <laughs> <laughs> you you olden hat culture like I, why is it so scandalous to wear the incorrect hat for the season <laughs> i don't i i don't know what if i don't want that. to wear a hat but i okay but i do think because they didn't have sunglasses that's why hats were so oh great. <laughs> yeah that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah and they had hat pins you could use to uh stab murder <laughs> or pick a tre treasure chest or whatever people used to do with those yeah i'm sure all of these things were the most common one also sure. the guy walking to exile had to carry a cross yeah that makes sense too although jesus didn't have the cross when he went into exile in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights they're yeah. kind of conflating two separate things but jesus never did a crime so that's true can't say that jesus did a crime Nope, that was his whole point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, what I learned. And if you're wondering, in 1623 is when they were finally abolished. Okay. The right to church right asylum. To asylum. Also, there's a bunch of stories in here about like people just getting like carried out of sanctuary grounds to be murdered, and it's like, okay, so it didn't really mean anything. Yeah, it didn't really work that well, huh? Yeah, also there was like a peasants revolt and a bunch of peasants took shelter in a church and it was just ignored <laughs> and they just got murdered. <laughs> like, great, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's chill. That's probably why they got rid of them. They were like, mm, this isn't actually working that well, yeah. turns out. Yeah, but there was a queen, yeah. Queen Elizabeth mm -hmm. in 1470, a different one. Like the first one? She got, I guess, ousted as queen for like a brief minute. And so she just brought her whole family and everything she owned into Westminster Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Because she was safe there. Oh, my God. And then moved out again when she could be queen again. It's interesting with this kind of story to realize just how completely arbitrary human rules are, huh? Yeah. Because like, that's nonsense. But I'm sure our stuff is also nonsense, and I just don't have the distance to see that most of it is nonsense. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, that's kind of fun, though, that if, like, people believe that police can't get into churches now, like, did that just stick around from the 1600s? Like, that would be really cool. That's that... kind of wild, right? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, like, an interesting bit of, like, culture. Still incorrect, but interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is is that like the thing that if you ask an undercover cop if they're a cop, they have to say yes if they are, which is not true. Oh, oh my god, that. that's not how true. we all learned that as kids. No, legally, it's not true. <laughs> legally, you have to tell me, or it's entrapment. No. <laughs> Damn yeah, it! No, I undercover cops are allowed to be undercover. 
turns out. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Wild. We all just have crazy ideas about cops, apparently. Yep. Anyway. Anyway. They spend a lot of time in this church, and so did we. <laughs> but one more question. Okay. okay. What does religion smell like to you? <laughs> oh, th- I mean, clearly that's incense. Dusty? A, yeah, no, I know, but I was like, there's a, I wanted to funny There's a very specific incense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to me, it does just smell like incense. A little Cannot. sweaty. <laughs> old. Old. Oh, yeah. Old people cologne. <laughs> Musty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Accurate. Cardboard sure. bread is also what it smells like. Maybe wax from all the candles. That doesn't smell like anything. It doesn't taste like anything either. <gasps> Does holy water smell different? <laughs> no. I mean, it smells like water that's been sitting there for a while. Oh, you so know? musty. Okay. <laughs> so stagnant water. There we stagnant go. Stagnant water. It's just incense, you guys. It's just, I don't know what to tell you. It's just you... incense. The incense is so strong. <laughs> Do you think if they just leave the holy water for too long, like mosquitoes will start to, to like lay eggs in it and then you just have a bunch of holy mosquitoes? Oh my God, that should be a book. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Jesus. I think at most churches, the like holy water fonts are pretty shallow. So, like, I think they would evaporate before mosquitoes could get there. Okay. But then do you have holy precipitate? Uh-huh. Holy algae. <laughs> is the water vapor holy? Yes. Is the holiness intrinsic to the water or is it, like, a solute? Yeah. Can it be, like, if it co- co- condensated? Yeah. Condensed? Yeah. Would then Even? the cloud and rain be holy? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Because if you're being attacked by, like, demons and you get a priest to, like, concentrate, nope. Yep. <laughs> concentrate a rain cloud. Bless, this is a concentration is spell. This is a concentration spell. <laughs> yeah, he's a cleric. Makes sense. No, if you get a priest to bless a rain cloud, mm-hmm. would that kill the zombies or demons? This is such a good question. What a good question. <sighs> I bet Supernatural has Supernatural has probably done this. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't want to watch lot. all of it. To no, no, show no, that, which is very sad because it started off really good. Did anybody look up this tall greenish building on thirty first, thirty first, thirty first Street? Because I didn't. As you were saying it in the summary, I was like, "Man, I bet we could have tried to figure out what building this is." <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of it until I was saying the summary either, and then I was like, "Wait a second. I didn't. I didn't." I kind of thought it was fictional. Again, like the toy store, but maybe it's like a play on something that actually exists, like the toy store. Yeah, I do think it's interesting that he used the real name of a real church, but a fake name for the real toy store. Probably copyright. I don't think you can copyright a church name, but the toy store, you probably would have to pay something to include it in your book or risk getting sued if someone actually like read it from the toy store and like was like you can't yeah, do this or name. i don't know yeah it's like a company name you can't copyright saint patrick <laughs> no. no i think <laughs> they may be tried but i wonder if it's just the empire state building oh that, that would be funny is oh. it the rockefeller center no that's not on that's across no the they already were at the rockefeller center weren't they i, d- I don't maybe think so I thought we already mentioned it at one point. Oh, maybe. Does the Empire State Building have green on the top, or am I thinking of, like, the Chateau Laurier? <laughs> Let me yeah, look. It does not have green, unless the it lights doesn't. are lit up. 
And it's on 34th Street. It's not on 31st 34th Street. Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While you're looking it up, I'm just going to talk about, I didn't look up the Green Building, but I did look up all the stuff they would have seen on their way to the St. Patrick's Cathedral. Okay. And all the better things they could have done, like literally on the opposite corner of the St. Patrick's Cathedral is the Lego store. Nice. Wow. Which would have been way better. It would have been way better. Yeah, they didn't quite make it to the Nintendo store in New York. It was two streets further, but they could have just kept mm-hmm. going and gone there instead because I've that, that place is fun. There's like fireman pole that you can slide down like Mario. <laughs> wow. I guess. They also ran past Trump Tower, which is, I hope, not where we're about to go. Oh, oh my God. I mean, I kind of do. I feel like that would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, this isn't going to be doable in this episode, though. So Yeah, so we don't know what that is. Luckily, yeah. the flag doesn't know where, what that is either, but I assume they're going there. Great. I wonder if that's where the Institute is. I think it probably that's is. That's what I was surely assuming, which is why I didn't really, my brain didn't trigger to look for it. Because I was just like, oh, this is probably the Institute, so... Yeah, same. My bad. Yeah. I feel like, personally, the only other thing of, like, any interest in the slightest that happens in these chapters is trying to figure out the password to the ATM card. Yeah. 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 An angel being absolutely creepy. Oh my god, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Her normal MO. Also, why is the password mother? How is Max supposed to guess that? Well, first we have to explain to any youthful listeners how you can get a word out of a yeah. normal keypad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, the youths might not know about Yeah, because it would have been really obvious to everyone at the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But three letters were like, associated with each number. <laughs> yeah, I think like... I think that's still a thing. That's still a thing, yeah. yeah. I think it's less prevalent now that... You like you can have a smartphone that will just take you to the website and you can click on the phone number to call it. You don't yeah. have to like memorize every phone number. Yeah. Yeah. Kids don't have to text by clicking the same button three times quickly to get to O and then <laughs> Yeah, that was nonsense. Why did we do wild. that? But anyway. Enjoy it. Anyway. Also, um, why are some of the like did pins used to be six numbers? I was wondering that. Yeah. Because I've only so. ever known them to be four digits for, like, anything. Same. Right? Like, But she was also trying combinations that were, like, more than six digits. Yeah. Yeah, she used password um, yeah. as, like, an attempt. But then when Nudge suggested that the password could be give me money, Max was like, oh, no, that's too long. So eight is acceptable. <laughs> this says the inventor of the ATM had first envisioned a six-digit numeric code, but his wife could uh-huh. only remember four digits, and that has become the most commonly used length in many places. Wow, amazing. Respect. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> I guess, though, to be fair, like Max might not know that. But hers still ends up being sick. Oh, yeah, that's true. Wait a second. Uh... Wait, didn't we talk... We talked about this before, didn't we, when they stole the other ATM card? Maybe. Maybe. I think we talked about this. We were, I think we talked about it in the way that we were like, we'll definitely look this up for a future episode. Yeah, and I didn't because I still don't care, to be honest. No. Uh, anyway, it doesn't really matter. But for some reason, it's six. And maybe we are showing our age by not knowing that you could have a six-digit pin yeah. in 2005. Maybe it's an American thing. I certainly didn't have a debit or credit card in 2005, so maybe yeah, the egg is on my face. I thought it was interesting that 
Max specifically calls out like, oh, you might be wondering why we didn't try our birthdays. We don't have actual birthdays, but we did choose our own after we escaped. And I was like, oh, what are their birthdays? So I went to the Maximum Ride wiki to look up when their birthdays are. And they're just like, never. It's never mentioned again. Damn it. (laughs) Except in one book, Angel says she's a Scorpio, apparently. So she's born sometime in November-ish. Okay, great. This is like when I tried to look up the color of all of their wings. And I realized that whose was never described? Iggy? Like Iggy is just never described. Iggy gas man. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It's like, cool. Yeah. Side characters who don't matter. Oh my god, right? The best thing about going on the Maximum Ride wiki, and I encourage everyone to do it, is to look at the character designs for the manga adaptation. Oh no. Because they are fucking wild. Oh no. <laughs> Mostly the Fang one, because he looks like an anime samurai and um, unfortunately (laughs) the nudge one is like maybe racist i'm not Uh. sure but i saw it and i was like so maybe ignore that one but the fang one he has like this long straight hair that he wears in like a half ponytail (laughs) wow so i think i've seen this before (laughs) i feel like like, i've seen this this? (laughs) well i think they came out while the series was pretty popular yeah. And I like the thing with is when I was in high school and I guess middle school, I don't know. I borrowed like the Inuyasha manga or something from nice. my friend. Yeah. Like I was reading some yeah. manga at the time and was reading Maximum Ride. And I remember the Maximum Ride one coming out and being like looking at the cover and being like, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> I never read or watched Inuyasha, but it there's definitely a guy with like the straight purplish hair, right? Yeah. That looks like that looks like what they did to Fang. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so saying funny. it's not because it was a manga that I didn't read it. I looked at it and was like, this is not good. Even uh, Oh, <laughs> this I <is> see. Bad. <laughs> yeah. That was like when I discovered there was a Del Toro Quest anime and I got extremely excited until I watched the first episode and then I wasn't <laughs> excited anymore. <laughs> it was bad. People keep trying to, kept trying to like adapt this book series. I don't think anyone has done it successfully. No. Although arguably the source material is not like that successfully done either. It yeah. just sold a bunch in the early 2000s. There was like a pretty successful web series of it not, oh, really not like i don't know what you would rank successful but yeah like one of the booktubers i follow her name's piera ford and they did like a whole i don't know how many episodes it was but like they did a whole youtube like mini series with it and i think it got oh. a lot of traction in the fandom i've never watched it i watched her she did like a remake of not a remake a, a mini thing for assassin's blade by sarah j mass and then that's how i found like, oh, she did this before with Maximum Ride. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. So, again, I don't know, like, how successful, successful, but, like, to her, it was successful. You know what? Like, I think that's important. Yeah. 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 I, I By successful, I meant that nobody, to my knowledge, had, like, done a good job adapting it. Like, right. the movie is known to be garbage. The manga looks like it's garbage and, like, d- didn't finish. I think there was, like, some other animated adaptation or something that, like, didn't even get past 
From comments I I'm read, people seem to like what she did. So we should watch it. I it would probably be kind of embarrassing because I always get a little bit embarrassed by like special effects and fan things that are like not very good. Yeah, I think she's like uh, slightly embarrassed about it as well. It was <laughs> yeah, fair. Eleven years ago, I think it looks like the last oh, one. One well. of them's got two hundred six thousand views, three hundred twenty nine thousand views. Okay, wow. that's pretty good. Yeah, but, for ye uh, olden times YouTube, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like Even she's in her recent stuff. She the reason I also found her was she did a. I never read the book, but she did a mini sing series for Nevernight, and the production value on it was so high. I was like, oh my god, oh, wow. like it was really <laughs> oh, cool. cool. Yeah, but this was like her first dive into it. I ha- so yeah, like to your point, Hannah, I don't know if I could actually watch it because. <laughs> you know too hard but it's 11 years old yeah Yeah. but for what it is it did like pretty well considering everything it looks like so there's 26 videos oh my god oh my god that's like a sitcom oh it looks like they did like all of the books holy shit oh that's fun yeah they did all the books there's like fang school's out forever angel okay wow still shorter than the book somehow yeah right (laughs) yeah i mean nothing actually happens in these books i feel like if you were trying to make a movie of it you could do like a full full novel maximum ride movie in tight 90 minutes and it would be no problem yeah 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 someone should try and like actually do a good job although at this point frankly there are so many better more popular books that maybe they shouldn't try to adapt this one yeah we should just leave this one alone personally it's cursed clearly it's it's fine as a book it can just stay as a book how about that it can just stay there yeah yeah how about unless you guys have something else to say about this book how about we guess what happens next please yeah okay as always i will read you the first sentence and you have to guess what's gonna happen so chapter 101 a few more blocks and we turned left walking towards the east river what do you think uh, they do? They walk. In this one, guy. Yeah. They're probably going towards 31st Street. Do you think maybe they walk towards the East River? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, think so. so. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay, good guess. Chapter 102. My lungs were burning. Oh, they started oh. running. Yeah. They stopped walking and they started running. Interesting. They stopped walking. Yeah. Erasers. Probably, yeah. My initial thought was like, oh my god, they're in the river, they're drowning. That's probably not correct. I think running is more likely. Yes, they're. I think they're running away. I think they're running. From male models that can transform into dogs or wolves. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, chapter 103. Your sentence is, we ended up back near Central Park searching for a place to eat. Oh my god. <sighs> Just circles. Circles around New York. They've just done so many circles and nothing's happened. I guess Max got an ATM card and Angel got and then didn't get Celeste. That's all. Uh, They ran away successfully from someone and now they're going back to Central Park. I guess so. Yeah, I'd buy that. Yeah. Wow. They've spent more time in New York than they did through like eight states. Seriously, eh? (laughs) Okay, last chapter of this set. Chapter 104. 
good afternoon. A man in a suit and tie had materialized at my elbow. Mm. Is it the they voice? They found the building? It's, or, yeah. I guess maybe someone, the guys from the Institute, or maybe they're just asking for help with to some random. It's really hard to say at this point. Yeah. I feel like they have gone into a building. Yeah. And this guy was in the building and showed up to be like, disheveled children, can I help you? That um, makes sense. Yeah. I think that our next episode is going to be similar to this one and that we will only have nonsense to talk about because yeah. nothing's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Who could t- say? I guess that's Who next could time. Who could t- indeed? Who could t- indeed? Um, Who could well, t- instead of talking about this book anymore, let's uh-huh. talk about what else we're reading. I read... I forget what I was reading on the last one, but I definitely read another K.J. Charles trilogy since then. <laughs> uh-huh. I forget what it was called, but it was gay <laughs> and historical. <laughs> That's... Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. And it was a good time. The good. I also am about like 10% into The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy. Oh. Yeah. Nice. That's the end of that sentence. I'm only okay. like, I barely started it, That's but yeah, it's, it's just, you're, you're it's barely fun. <laughs> it seems like a fun book. It's, I hope it actually is. It's fun so far. Nice. Uh, but yeah, that's what I am reading. What about you guys? I went offshore and just brought not good books with me. So <laughs> I didn't read as much as I wanted to, but I finished The Bride Test by Helen Huang. And then I decided to bring The Atlas Paradox by Olive Blake because I've liked everything else she's written. I did not like this. And we'll just. Leave it at that. Will I read book three? <laughs> yes. But that <laughs> book did not need to exist. It's not even her writing that's bad. The book itself, whatever. It's just it doesn't need to exist. And I have a feeling <laughs> the trilogy should be a duology. Oh. That's all. Oh. Harsh. <laughs> wow. It's like, again, no, no, no. I don't want to be harsh because she is a good writer. And I can see why I have a feeling this was publishing being like, oh, my God, TikTok loves your yeah. book. We're going to make it a trilogy when it should never have been a trilogy. It should have just always been a duology. And I'm uh, standing by that. It's not her fault. I think it's publishing's fault because they wanted more money. That's probably accurate. Yeah. So hopefully book three is better. Just very bad middle book syndrome. Anyways, then I am mm. currently reading the <laughs> dumpster fire that is Iron Flame by Rebecca Yaris. <laughs> right. And I mean that in the nicest way because I will continue to read it and devour it and eat it up because I myself am trash. But um, <laughs> anyways, it's fine. And Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmis, which is, I don't know yet, but the first little bit is... The f- oh my god, yeah, the first bit is rough. There should be some trigger warnings in that beginning of that book. We'll just we'll just say that. Yeah. So the heck. Yeah, having a great um, time. Yeah, Sam, what did you say when we were discussing how how like the fourth wing books are? Oh, what did I say? It was good. I, I don't- yeah, Sam, we were talking about the fourth wing books earlier <laughs> and how they are garbage, but like in- <laughs> Addictive garbage, and you described it so eloquently as being enthralled by crap. Yeah. 
which I really like. Uh. Yeah, and again, I don't want to shit on Rebecca Yaris because you know what? She has put a lot of thought and world building into this and like it's obviously doing well. Like it's a very popular series. It's and I can see why. It's just like I think this needed a few more passes by with an editor and yeah, it's, it is what it is. I will still eat it up and be enthralled by the crap. <laughs> Yeah. She's I, still got her little hooks into the core part of your brain. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I'm also reading Iron Flame right now. I keep forgetting that it's like a romanticy and like getting into the fantasy part. And then they go and like do horny things in my <laughs> audiobook while I'm like trying to cook broccoli. And it's just kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right in front of my broccoli. Just like in front of my broccoli. Like nobody <laughs> asked for that. Lots of people asked for that. Yeah, th- those books are flaming hot garbage, but I am also enjoying them. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And I have also, I think, similar feelings about lessons in chemistry that it's like, I don't know. I don't really know where I sit with it yet. Yeah. Um, but I'm like three quarters of the way through it and I still don't know. I find like uh, the writing is good and it's written in like a fast paced way. But I feel like the subject mm-hmm. matter of the first like 80 pages that I've read, I was just like, I was not expecting like this yeah it's a lot yeah and it's just like i don't know a lot of it sort of seems to be look at this extremely autistic coded woman yeah being autistic and other people thinking she's weird for it like it's just like a little off to me i agree yeah yeah anyway i also listened to the road to neverwinter which was a prequel book to the dungeons and dragons movie nice (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that was kind of fun uh same with shadow of the sith which is a a star wars book and i read paladin strength and that was amazing of course and i'm excited to read the next two books in that series yeah wow now that book four was announced today (laughs) yeah and coming out in a week week. (laughs) (laughs) woo two weeks two Two weeks weeks. a week and a half a week and a day two days anyway (laughs) yeah soon yeah, that's great. And this episode comes out in December. It does. It does. Ooh. Sam, do you want to tell us what we're reading in December, since it was your idea? So following our tradition of reading holiday rom-coms for our December book, we are going to be reading Wreck the Halls by Tessa Bailey. And hopefully this year, it's not a Christmas rom-com that flopped, because <laughs> I think we've all kind of liked Tessa Bailey's books in the past, so we have higher hopes for this one. Yeah, our last two Christmas books were terrible. Maybe so. this is the first year I actually read the Christmas book. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I because hope so. The first year I read one chapter and was like, nope. And last year you guys both were like, it's not great. And I was like, nope. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have both the audiobook and the ebook on hold, and both of them have a 22 to 28 week wait currently. So uh, wish me luck. We'll see if I (laughs) get either of them. I got mine at Costco. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Nice. Was Sisabelli the one who wrote Window Shopping? Yeah. Okay. Because that one was a good Christmas one. So okay. I'm, okay. I'm hopeful. <laughs> okay, nice. She's, I feel like probably best known for It Happened One Summer, right? Yeah. And she's, yes. But they've gone back and published a bunch of her self published stuff. Like, so there's a bunch of stuff coming out now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But the window shopping, the one Sophie's talking about, was 
self-published i believe like right after it happened when summer came out so yeah she hadn't like reached her like kind of critical fame that she's reached now she was like kind of just building up at that point okay yeah well i'm curious to see if this one's good yeah i'm hopeful it is yeah me too i have like a pile of free holiday rom-coms to read in the month of december and i can't (laughs) I believe you. Yeah, I put a bunch on hold because I was like, I want to read a holiday rom-com. Yeah. And then I decided to listen to Iron Flame instead. Um, I mean, I started to read it too, so same. Yeah. Listen, I just like want to, I want to be in the loop, okay? Me too. Me (laughs) too. I know what happened. Oh, I'm the same. Also, I like anything with a dragon. Anyway, if you like this chapter of Midlight Crisis, consider writing and reviewing us on Spotify or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. We are at MidlightPod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Tumblr, and Blue Sky. And all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. And Max, maybe the first 90s kid to have this realization. None of us can retire anytime soon. (laughs) Oh, no. Wow, she really was ahead of the game. She truly was. One of us. One of us. 2005. She already knew. Already thinking about retirement. Dang. I don't know why it like just hit me that Max is a millennial, but it's very funny. Yeah. I don't know why. Surprise. But it is. <laughs> <laughs>